0: It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Break! Now, from the WATH Studios, here's Carl Blaylock. Hi, hello, 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 and welcome in to the WATH Studios. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. I'm Carl Blalock. we got a jam-packed show today. Ethan Sargent's here to help me get through it. And in our first segment, we have a special guest, Athens head football coach, Nathan White. We'll talk with him, previewing his Bulldog football team for this season. And in our second segment, we'll talk Reds and the MLB. The Reds today got shellacked by the Mets. They lost 10-2 today. We'll talk about it. And then finally, if we have time, we'll talk about NFL training camp as
1: well. Ethan, how are you doing back there? Doing great, Carl. Another, uh, another day in the beautiful southeast Ohio. And um, I am uh, excited for today's sports fan. It's going to be a good one. And, of course, we're joined by Athens head football coach,
0: Coach Nathan White. Nathan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me in. Uh, so we'll start out with... Uh, obviously football season's just a week away how, how does it feel to just be back into the swing of football
2: yeah you know it, you, you spend december january february kind of going over last year putting together your scheme and, and then by march april you're ready to roll again you're kind of waiting until june and then june hits and all of a sudden it's august and, and we're in week one it, it creeps up fast when it gets here it just really starts rolling and uh here we go again
0: So, obviously, last year's team filled with a lot of youth. Uh, How much have you seen them improve from the beginning of last year to now up to this year?
2: We had a really good offseason in the weight room. You know, a a big thing last year, one of our weaknesses, without a doubt, you know, people say youth, but really that means size and strength. And and we got everyone in the weight room this offseason, and and they did a a really nice job across the board. Our kids are bigger and stronger, and, and, you know, there's plenty of room. Uh, to improve still in that area, but um, they did everything I asked in the off season, so we are uh, physically in a better place than we were last year.
0: Uh, who do you think got in it to the most in the weight room? Who do you think out of the underclassmen will probably step up a little bit uh, this season?
2: Well, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to mention any names because I hope there's a whole lot of them. Um, we, we really had from top to bottom, every single kid in our program was committed to the weight room every day, every week, you know, since, since December. And uh, you know, we're still kind of figuring it out. We've got one more scrimmage and the next week. You know, we've got to put the guys on the field Friday night that, that we think give us the best chance. But I'm hoping in a few weeks you guys are on the radio are saying a lot of names that, that people haven't heard before because we've got some youngsters stepping up, uh, um, doing some good things on Friday night.
0: Uh, obviously, you have in quarterback uh, senior Landon Wheatley uh what have you seen from him so far in this off season uh with with him stepping into a leadership
2: role. Yeah, you know that's the the first thing I tell our quarterbacks. Obviously they they need to be able to throw the ball a little bit. We want we want our guys to be athletic and and have all the tools to be a successful quarterback, but number one on that list is is being a leader. And Landon is is without a doubt uh, our leader this year and really kind of took on that role last year too. Um, you know it's been really fun watching him progress a, a few years ago you know watching him as a freshman in, in JV games he was a great athlete that we put at quarterback and now he has kind of transformed himself uh, to a senior year happens to be a really dang good quarterback that happens to be a great athlete he has really bought into learning the scheme understanding what we do how we attack defenses I've I've been very impressed with him and, and, you know, not surprised at all. I knew it was going to happen. He, he puts in the work and wants to be a great quarterback. So um, nothing but positives from Landon so far. What other seniors do you think will
0: step up this year?
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what, we don't have many, but, but I hope they all step up. We have Luke Brandis, who's going to play uh, running back and linebacker for us and, you know, a, a guy that we've been talking about forever. He's played since his sophomore year. Levi Neal um, is going to be a four-year letter winner. played for us as a freshman. Um, you know, in in the last two years. Uh, Mile Allgood and Jacob Heitland are guys who have not played a ton but are going to get on the field this year as seniors, and and that's all we have. We have five this year. So we're going to need all those guys not only as leaders, but they have to have an impact on Friday night too.
0: Uh, What do you think the offense will look like this year? Is it going to look like a lot of Athens offenses in the past?
2: It'll be similar. We've made a few changes. Um, You know, we really go into every week – kind of with a mindset of taking what the defense gives us. You know, if, if we need to throw the ball 45 times to win, we're going to do it. If, if we can run it downhill 45 times on Friday, we're, we're going to do that as well. We, we have the scheme, I guess, to do both. And, and our kids up front have done a really good job. We've made huge strides on our offensive line um, since last season in a really young group. We're not playing any seniors up there. Um, but, but kids are, are bigger, stronger, and uh, very confident in, in our guys up there running in and, and pass protection. So that's a, a pretty good feeling as a coach. Uh,
0: speaking of the offensive line, I, back, when, back in my days when I played high school football, I was an offensive lineman, always had a soft spot for them. Uh, who, are some of the, who are some of these kids that we're going to start this year on the offensive line that you really expect to step up? You obviously always need like a captain on there. Is that the center this year, or is it the right tackle for
2: you? You know, it's going to be leadership by committee, but we have two elder statesmen up there, two juniors in that group, uh, Wiley Anderson and Braylon Bacon, who are are going to be starters up front for us at our guards. Uh, And the rest of those guys are sophomores. You know, uh, Seth Hart played last year as a freshman. Dawson Kennedy played last year as a freshman. Isaiah Roberts played last year as a freshman um Danny Mulligan and Brody are pushing those guys for playing time. We, we we right now have seven guys in the mix for those five spots and uh they're all youngsters, so they're going to keep getting better, I hope.
0: Uh likewise on the defensive side of things, how is stuff looking over there for the defensive side of the ball?
2: It's Kind of similar Similar guys playing, you know, we're going to have several guys playing both ways. But, uh, you know, we had a small senior class last year, so we didn't lose a ton of guys. So a lot of the names you heard last year are, are back playing those same spots this year. Um, you know, it's I, I, I've told people, you know, some people have said, "Oh, you are really young? And I haven't even noticed. It's not even something we talk about because you go back to last year and we were playing ninth graders on Friday night. So playing sophomores is like a treat this year. So I really hope that those guys, uh, you know, don't play like sophomores. I kind of hope they're sophomore and a half, so the guys that are playing offense and defense. And we've made some changes schematically, defensively. Um, coaching staff got together, and we're doing some different stuff this year. It has been fun to teach new stuff, and our kids have, have really bought in. Our communication and, and alignment to formations have been, have been really good. So we, we had a good June and July in that regard.
0: Speaking of speaking about kind of like those growing pains last year obviously how much do you think that the having to play all those freshmen last year do you think they'll play almost like juniors this year how much does that young experience getting that experience right fresh out of junior high how much does that impact the players and in, in this year and beyond.
2: Yeah, you know, honestly, I don't know how much it impacts it, it, having freshmen play, but I think that first year or at least those first few games of varsity football, no matter how old you are, is kind of an eye-opener because it's very, very different than JV or freshman ball and, you know, certainly different than eighth-grade football that a lot of those kids had played the year before. So, um, you know, I- I've told our kids, nobody's going to ask you on Friday night what grade you're in. We just have to go play. So we as coaches and, and our team, we do not talk about the youth that I know a lot of people mentioned it's you know we want to have success right now we're not worried about the future or any of that stuff we, we want to get it done Friday night and, and our kids are buying into that and I think that's kind of the only way to go about it uh looking ahead to the conference
0: season where do you think you fit in the TBC Ohio this year
2: yeah that's a question I get a lot and, and you know, to be 100% honest, it's a question that I don't give any time to. You know, the, the only thing on my head right now, 90% is on week one against Philo, and in two days we have one more scrimmage, so 10% is, is on Tremble Friday night. You know, we want to have some success, and, you know, we get one more chance to, to figure out which guys we're going to put on the field that first Friday. But, you know, I have, we don't play a, a conference game until week four, so I, I truly, honestly, this is not coach speak. Have not thought one time about anyone in our league because we got three games before that even starts.
0: So looking ahead to that Philo game, then uh, what are you looking and seeing from the Philo Electrics uh, so far through what you've scouted?
2: Yeah, we we traded tape one of my good friends coaches for them, so we traded our first scrimmage. Um, they're very good. You know, they're going to be really good up front. I think they have 23 seniors, um, a big senior group, a, a bunch of kids that have played a lot. It's going to be. A huge challenge they're a good football team but you know we put them on the schedule for that challenge you know I know our kids are, are gonna go up there and battle I have certainly no idea what the outcome will be but they're gonna be good they're gonna be physical and and we're gonna have to play really well to play with them
0: uh, and looking ahead to that 10% that's looking on that jamboree on Friday against tremble uh, what are you excited to see just out of the last scrimmage what are you really looking for uh, what position battles are going on, and who who do you expect to you know really step up in that scrimmage?
2: Yeah, well, we you know we've kind of narrowed it down to the guys that we think are our Friday night players. Now it's kind of down to who's going to get the most reps. Really, really at almost every position, you know, who's going to be our our final five that, that get to start that first game up front on the O line. Um, same with the receivers, we're playing four or five guys for three spots. Um, So, you know, we don't do any real preparation for this game Friday as far as a game plan. It's really about our kids figuring out one more time, you know, who's going to go out there and play. And that first scrimmage, for a lot of these kids, they haven't played varsity football. So that first scrimmage last Saturday kind of got their feet wet. This Friday, uh, the way we do the jamboree I think is great. It feels like Friday night football. So the kids kind of get those butterflies. It's a 7 o'clock kickoff. So you really figure out, you know, which kids – are going to be ready to roll that you can count on Friday night. And, and I'll be honest, you go into it every year hoping that all the ones you're thinking can do, and then, then there's a few more. So I hope that happens this Friday. I certainly can't
0: wait. I'll definitely be in attendance for that, you know, prepping up. we got Tremble Week 1, and I'll be there with Cedric Granger, who is covering football here on WATH Athens Football every Friday night. Before you head out, Coach, uh, i got one question for you. We have our trivia question of the day, as always, and today's trivia question is a little bit of a hard one, I will admit. I, I before I looked it up, I would have had no clue about it. We talked about it a little bit off air. Uh, who was the last Cleveland Brown player to win an NFL MVP? This is by The Associated Press. Who was the last t- who was the last Browns player to win the NFL MVP?
2: Uh, you got any guesses? Well, you know, I've, uh, Jim Brown, of course, comes to mind. I'm sure he did, but I feel like there's been someone since. My guess would be Bernie Kosar. Um, not sure he was an MVP or not. I could have sworn as a kid, being at the Hall of Fame, I, I saw him listed as an, an MVP, but maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. I I don't believe he was.
0: He might have. I, I think he might have won Offensive Rookie of the Year or something. I know. I know he was a very good quarterback. I know he was around for a lot of that, but I don't. I don't think that he won. He did not win. I know for a fact he did not win the MVP, so it's not, it's not Bernie Kosar. Very good guest, though. Uh, that's Coach Nathan White, and the Athens football head coach. Thanks for uh, coming on, Coach White. Hopefully we'll get you on later on in the season. When we come back, we'll talk about the Cincinnati Reds and how they lost big today <laughs> against the New York Mets. You're listening to The Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. For over 45 years, Curtis Auto Repair and Towing has served the Athens area. But did you know they also have a high-quality auto repair and maintenance shop at their Columbus Road location? The Curtis technicians know any vehicle, and they stand behind their quality work. If you own a vehicle that needs servicing, stop by Curtis Auto Repair and Towing and let them give you a quote. Curtis Auto Repair and Towing, 81 Columbus Road, Athens, or give them a call 740 740- 593-7048.
2: We Wednesday.
1: Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 1030 a.m. until 10 o'clock p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse over on West Union Street in Athens.
2: Hey, it's Boots. We'll talk Corvettes, massive car shows, and flying planes. Join us for all the fun. That's Auto Smarts Friday afternoon at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. You're listening to The Sports Fan. On 970
0: WATH The Sports Fan Here on 970 WATH A little bit of heart to come back to And uh, well, this score does not do my heart very good I tell you what the Mets beat the Reds today 10-2. to uh, I was at the Athens County Fair for most of the day, but, I mean, looking at the score, I'm just checking the score on my phone half the time, just looking and going, oh, no. They scored two runs in the first inning, the Mets did, three runs in the second inning, and scored one more in the third before getting to the fifth and putting on some unneeded insurance and even more in the sixth. It was not a pretty game for the Reds. They had T.J. Zook up on the mound. I, I was listening to the pregame show here on WATH, and I, I had no clue who that was. <laughs> they, they turned it on, and they said, T.J. Zook's on the mound today. And I'm like, who, who is that? <laughs> uh, who, who is this guy? Uh, <laughs> Can't say I've heard of him either. Uh, we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll get some information about him, but we can't tell you. He went four innings pitched, six earned runs, four strikeouts, two walks. Not, not a very good day. He's oh, you know. Tell you what though, He's hometown kid though, Mason, Ohio. He's From Mason, Ohio, but uh, yeah, no, not not exactly the uh, season debut you'd really want from your uh, pitcher, but uh. Pete Alonso did really well. Jeff McNeil did really well. Francisco Lindor. H- how about how about uh, you know? I- I'm gonna say it. I I think he's deserved this nickname, Big Sexy 2.0. You had you had Bartolo Colon, back <laughs> back in the mid 2010s. Big Sexy, uh, hit the home run and everything like that. I think we got Big Sexy 2.0 for the Mets and Daniel Vogel back. You agree, Ethan?
1: I do. I am. I am all in on Daniel Vogelback. Danny Burgers, as a couple of my, uh, couple of my buddies from New York, are uh, have been calling him fond, very fondly. By the way, Mets Mets fans have fallen in love with the guy very quickly.
0: Well, well, why not? I mean, I mean, look at it. Today he had
1: he today he had two
0: RBI hits. He had three RBIs, nearly four, if Pete Alonso didn't get thrown out at home. Uh, I mean, heck, I mean, you, you, you can't do it he was two for five scored a run three rbis i mean he's looked great out there in the mets uniform that's really ended up being a very
1: good trade for the mets yep and i mean we've talked i mean i feel like we you know when we came when i came on the show the other day and we talked we talked mets baseball and reds baseball for a little bit I, i said that you cannot afford to sleep on the new york mets you cannot think that this team is like the teams of the past that have fallen and you know, screwed it up at the end. This is a different Mets team. I'll say it again for those of you who haven't heard me say it before. This Mets team is very capable of winning the NL pennant and winning the World Series, and I we'll see if they can get it done.
0: I mean, look at it right now. They're on a six-game win streak. Uh, remember a few weeks ago
1: when Atlanta was about a game and a half back of them? It, I mean, Atlanta more. Atlanta walked it off last night, too. No, they're, they're seven and a half games and back. There's, and they're still seven and a half back. I mean, when you think back to last weekend's, I mean, it was a little weird. It was that five game set that was in, uh, in Atlanta, um, or not on Atlanta. Apologies. It was in, it was in New York and in, in flushing. Um, the Mets took four or five, that's four games on a direct, you know, your direct rival. So, I mean, Atlanta w- will likely still make the playoffs, but it's going, you know, that the Mets have not won the division. I don't believe since the world series year. So I have they, have they made it? I think they've, they they were in the wild card the, the wild next card year and they lost they haven't
0: made it since
1: and they have not made it since 2016 which is one of the longer droughts probably in the major leagues um but yeah they're looking at this point it would be uh, a miracle if they don't at least make the playoffs if not win the division and you know right now they're i mean if the dodgers hadn't been as dominant as the dodgers have been they'd probably be in the running for the for home field advantage throughout the postseason, but the Dodgers have been on such a tear themselves recently that the Mets are a close second. Well, I mean, look at it. They have a better record than the Yankees right now. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. The Yankees were, I mean, obviously the Yankees had a very, you know, good start to the season. If not, I mean, good probably doesn't undersells it. They they were on a historical run to start the year. But, you know, they've, they've cooled off. I've said about the Yankees that they're, uh, you know, they're a mortal team. They are not. Uh, they are not the two thousand one Mariners or the nineteen ninety eight Yankees. They're the twenty twenty two Yankees, and there are flaws um, that obviously you know they they attempted to address last night. Was uh, it was a baseball game? I I, think the- <laughs> I I don't know. I I didn't watch it. So you you, you did watch it? I, of course, crazy me. I was up, the awake at two. I believe it. I don't think the game ended until I think two thirty five. I think Eastern that's, Time.
0: That's surprisingly kind of quick, considering it was a thirteen it, well, it inning game. It was a game.
1: 0-0 game. 0-0,
0: 13 inning game. The Yankees and the Mariners they were tied.
1: They, nobody scored until the thirteenth, when finally the Mariners broke through. So yeah, it I, was uh, the Yankees. The amount of base running gaffes that they had in the in the extra innings with the with the ghost runner was just bad and. I mean look are they're, they're actually the Yankees are are playing live baseball right now. Uh, they are going for the series win in Seattle and Seattle have taken a 4-3 lead. Uh the Yankees were up 3-1 but uh Carlos Santana just hit a two-run shot off of Albert Abreu to make it a 4-3 game. So yeah, we will you know with the you know with the Yankees they got to figure it out and I mean the thing with the Yankees is that we're in August, right? When baseball the Yankees have such a have a lead in their division, right? They need they can hold on to that. they They're not in the crazy division race because of the hard work that they did in the past months. so they can they can afford to figure it out right now. And these are the games where you have to figure it out because the meaning meaningful baseball is rapidly approaching. And when October does roll around and you know the Yankees are in the playoffs, they can't afford to fall asleep. We'll talk we'll talk a little bit more about the divisional races
0: and the uh everything with that here in a second. There's one last thing about the Reds game that I, I do like out of the Reds and that is the people from the people from the uh Winker and Suarez trade from the Mariners back in March. I that trade is Really, that was my last draw against this Reds organization between that and not even offering anything to Nick Cassianos, But it, it, looking at it, they've at least had a little bit of production, started to get a little bit of production out of the people they got back from the trade. Um, obviously, Justin Dunn pitched. That was Monday night. And he, he looked okay. He, he didn't look incredible, but he, he was solid. He went four and a third innings, gave up uh, three runs. Three runs, and he, he, he looks solid. It was, it was a solid outing for the first time he's pitched all year when it's in August. I mean, it was solid for what you could ask for. And Jake Fraley's been back, and he's, he's done solid as well. Today he had an RBI, RBI sack fly, and made it a 6-2 ball game in the fourth. I mean, obviously it didn't go your way, but you've got, you got to take small victories because obviously this Reds team is not going anywhere, Uh, at least for the next few years. I mean, like I said on the show uh, Monday, I I think that this Reds team is going to be somewhat competitive in 2025, like the Orioles or the Mariners. Uh, Mariners were last year, and the Orioles kind of are this year. They'll be competitive. Uh, Then 2026, they'll make the wild card. They'll lose. And then 2027, I think they make it far. I I think – I think they could make it to the World Series in 2027 if everybody stays healthy and the prospects develop the way that we want them to, and we we can get some good trades with the farm system we have at the moment. So we'll see what happens with the Reds. Talking in the present, though, let's look at the MLB standings. Obviously, we talked about how there's not really much of a race in the AL uh, East, The Yankees have a a ten-and-a-half-game lead over the Blue Jays, and really everybody everybody except the Orioles in that division is really struggling. You look at the last ten, the Yankees have lost seven of their last ten. The Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays are 500 in their last ten. Boston is four and six in their last ten as they continue their spiral. I mean, there's not very many. Nobody's going to give the Yankees any pressure, I don't think. I think that the question... And uh, the only question for the Yankees is right now they're even with the Astros for home field advantage. Uh, do, they, do they end up with home field advantage I think is really the only question for the Yankees? I, at don't, the moment. I don't know.
1: I mean, see, the thing with the team is uh, there have been some decisions that I have really questioned over the past couple of days when it comes to how they've managed some of their pitchers. You take a look at what just happened in Seattle, right? Albert Abreu came into a three to two game and gave up a two run home run. There's a guy sitting in triple A right now named Ron Marinaccio, who had not given up a earned run since April. Yeah, that that's right. April. He had pitched pretty much impeccably since then. He is sitting in triple A right now. And obviously, you know, the Yankees had a little bit of a roster crunch, so they had to send him down for um, you know, roster reasons it wasn't because he was pitching badly. But it doesn't make sense. Why are you leaving him in AAA? There are other pitchers like Albert Abreu that you can send down. Clark Schmidt is another guy that is sitting in AAA with very good stuff, with quality major league experience, who's just sitting in AAA. And that's not to mention the fact that they continually send out Isaiah, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who, while probably a slight upgrade over last year's shortstop options, has not been good, has zero home runs the entire season. When you have a guy in Oswald Perez who is sitting at A, he's batting over 300, has, I believe, 16 home runs on the season. And heck, when you look at, look at, the, look at what the Braves did, Look at what the Braves did literally today. They just called up their top prospect Grissom from Double A. From Double A. So that begs the question: to the Yankees just call up Anthony Volpe? If if and I, I look, the the you know when it comes to the organizational management, it, it's different, right? But when you have guys like Volpe and Peraza in your system. You know, they, they they can't just... Like, well, both of those guys have dominated minor league baseball.
0: But that's minor league baseball. Tr- trust me, coming from a Reds fan, Jose Barreo is a perfect example of this. Jose Barreo, uh he was raking in 2019 in the minor leagues. He got called up in 2020. He wasn't any good in 2020 for the Reds. And then... We sent him back down. 2021, he was on fire again in the minor leagues. We call him back up. He goes ice cold again. Well, this is something that bounces back and forth. It, it, it takes a little bit of time for th- some of these guys to the get Yankees there. Dis- the Yankees well, won't even do it. They won't even do it. That's I'm the gonna, problem. Why why rush him? Why rush him? I, because guy, you're trying to win a championship. You're bro. trying to win a championship, yes. But what is wrong with IKF at the moment? I
1: mean, a lot.
0: How is his defense? Is his defense that bad? Yeah, it's bad. Okay, I'm looking at the offensive I'm looking at the offensive numbers the right stats, here.
1: The stats don't do it justice with IKF. He has not been good. He he's has,
0: batting two sixty eight. The only thing again, you can say. The only thing you can say about him is, oh, he doesn't have any home runs. Not everybody's
1: going to hit home runs.
0: I get it's the Bronx, he, Bronx
1: Bombers, but and not everybody's no, going to hit home runs. See, you don't watch Yankees baseball on a everyday basis. Isaiah Kainer-Falefa is not the Yankees answer at shortstop in the short term, in the long term, in any term. Oswald Pereza, this is not a joke, would be a significant right-now upgrade over Isaiah Connor falefa And there is no reason why you can't call up a guy who's been sitting in AAA this entire year, is batting 340 with 16 home runs in AAA, and they refuse to call him up. It doesn't make sense.
0: Again, just because you're raking a AAA... Does not mean you're gonna get called it up. D- it doesn't Especially at a place in New York. Look, there's major leaguers who when they get to New York, they're terrible. Look at Joey Gallo. I I I think it's okay to have a two sixty eight hitter. I mean, is there a little bit of problem with defense that does it? He still has a positive war. He still has a positive wins above replacement.
1: I I, I you you are trying to win a championship. Carl, you are, the Yankees are in a spot right now where they are trying to win a Major League Baseball championship. They are trying to win a World Series. When you have guys like IKF batting in your lineup, when you have guys, I mean, he homered today, but usually it doesn't go well. When you have guys like Kyle Higashioka in your lineup, when you have guys who struggle at the plate like these guys have significantly, don't let the 268 average fool you, right? The 268 average fools you. It, it it plays him up significantly, right? A lot of those hits have just been flash singles when he's batting seventh and then nothing comes of it, right? The majority of those singles. Look at his RBIs. He only has 33 RBIs on the year, which, I mean, I say only. But, like, that's the... When you look at the Yankees at the shortstop position, they have not really fixed the shortstop position since Didi Gregorius left. And... I mean, obviously, you know, D.D. now really struggled. Got, he got DFA'd. yeah, you know, he just got DFA'd in Philadelphia, um, and there were there were some Yankees fans begging to bring him back. And I'm telling you, I saw some of the the stats from him in Philadelphia. We're not doing that. He has a negative WAR. Um, the Yankees, you're in a win now window. Call him up because it will help your baseball team. And I get the bright lights. And hey, maybe it doesn't work. Right? Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe Perez doesn't. You know, isn't the end-all, be-all to all the Yankees' problems. But it would be a jolt to the clubhouse that, okay, look, we're trying to win a World Series here. And just good enough isn't good enough. Right? You need to be... Every player Every player in the lineup needs to be able to come up clutch in a scenario. Right? Every every batter in a lineup needs to be able to... It can't just be Aaron Judge every game, or Giancarlo Stanton, or Anthony Rizzo. You need... Clutch hits from guys like Labor Torres, who's come up with them in the past, but, you know, recently it's been a little bit of a struggle. You need other guys like Miguel Andujar has a huge opportunity right now because Matt Carpenter just went down with a broken foot, and he'll probably be in a race to get back. You know, new Yankees like Andrew Benintendi have an opportunity to step up, and, you know, it's, it's going to be about who steps up. Oswald Pereza could step up. I, I disagree with you if
0: it doesn't work. Like, I think what the Yankees should do, you call him up in September, you sit him on the bench, you pinch hit him some, and then, you know, play him on some up. You but know, the some... Yankees refuse to even call him up. They refused, They let Why? him sit Why? in AAA. Again, this is the thing, though, Ethan, especially in New York, your confidence can be gone like that, just like that. Just look at Joey Gallo. Again, and look, even in Cincinnati, look at Jose Barrero. When he's down in AAA, or, Jose, or, or even uh, Aristides Aquino, he had that incredible 2019 stretch where he had, like, 15 home runs in a month as a rookie. He was, I'm pretty sure, the player of the month as a rookie. He, he had that incredible hot streak, and since then he hasn't been able to hit. Pitchers have figured him out, and he, he hasn't been able to hit. And he, when he goes down to the minors, he rakes. But when he comes back up, people know, oh, you can't hit the off-speed. You know, he's not any good. And it's the same thing with Jose Barrero. You know, he, he's been really struggling getting hits. And, you know, obviously Saturday against the Brewers, he hit two home runs. But I think it's okay to keep your prospects down,
1: shield them a little bit, especially when it's the bright lights of Yankee Stadium. You're trying to win a championship. You're trying to win a baseball championship. I don't. I don't care, right? It, it, like, I, as a as a baseball fan, that's pretty unapologetic. I don't care if you can't step up, then you can't step up. But this is what, while you say it might be bright lights, maybe this is exactly what these guys have been waiting for for 50,000 people to be, you know, at their back at Yankee Stadium. And yeah, maybe if they strike out a couple of times, they'll they'll hear it, right? But that's baseball, especially Yankees baseball, right? The Yankees fans are pretty unforgiving, and I'm, I'm a more forgiving Yankees fan, and you're hearing me kind of go in on this. Like some of the fans in New York, you know, you sh- just look at how Giancarlo Stanton was treated in his early reign, and now look at Giancarlo Stanton and, you know, tell me how New York fans treat their players. But when you look at the Yankees right now, and when you look at what's going on, and they are currently losing in Seattle, and they have not stepped up. Isaiah Kainofleffel has not stepped up multiple times. They need another bat in this lineup that can step up and make plays and hit balls in important scenarios. Call him up and maybe do what you said and put him on the bench. I I don't disagree with that idea, honestly. Put him on the bench. Keep him around the clubhouse. Get him used to the lights, right, and let him come in in big spots. Because you cannot continually continue to rely on Aaron Hicks and Miguel Andujar and Kyle Higashioka to win you baseball games. And this is another thing I might ask: Why
0: did Andujar start in front of an attendee today?
1: Uh, yeah, maybe just a rest day. I, I it, it would make sense. You know, Boone does like to rotate his lineups a lot. But you know, it, it's look Nestor Cortez with you know not a te- a, a solid outing from him today kind of fell apart a little bit at the end, but, I mean, he was perfect. I think he was pitching a no-hitter through, I think, five and two-thirds, and now, you know, the Yankees are down 4-3. So, I mean, it's it's just a struggle, right? Gleyber Torres just struck out on a pitch that was outside the zone, and I remember him last night striking out on a pitch that was up and in, and I almost threw my computer out the window. So, that's Yankee baseball for all you Southern Ohio baseball fans out there. Um, you know, while the Reds uh, are continually, while the Reds, you know, do what they do, the Yankees just Yankee. And I am going to say this, and I've said this multiple
0: times in multiple different ways, every single, because this is, this is, I hang out with this guy a lot outside of, outside of, the, uh, outside of the studio here. I'm just telling you, the amount of times, the amount of times that I hear this guy complaining about, oh, you know, oh, we lost again, we lost again. You are, you are, you are 41 or 71 and 40. The Reds, you have less losses than the Reds have wins at the moment. Can, Can you talk, like. Uh, or, no, uh, more losses, or I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. But the point is, be thankful with what you have. You're 30 games above 500. The Reds have been almost 30 games below 500 this entire year. They're at 20 right now.
1: Please, please. I, I, you keep going you keep on and on. I will with not this. be. I, I'm not angry at the Yankees, right? I'm angry at the management. I'm angry at how we are like, okay, you know, we have a. Probable AL MVP on our roster. We have got pitchers who have pitched very well. We have multiple high-caliber prospects in AAA. Not even going back to besides Pereza. Ron Marinaccio had not given up an earned run since April 28th, and he is sitting in AAA right now. And the Yankees just gave up a 3-2 lead in the seventh inning, a 3-1 lead. Sorry, it, it, it's embarrassed. Ron Marnaccio, there is no reason why Ron Marnaccio should not be on the Yankees Major League roster right now. And I get roster crunching and I get, you know, making numbers work with new signings and whatnot, but there is no reason that he should be down there.
0: We'll talk we'll talk. One one last thing as we talk about baseball with the uh, San Diego Padres, who they they're looking to bounce back a little bit from the skid. Right now there's uh, three games well, they, they going on. It,
1: they walked it off last night. They Manny, did. Manny Machado three-run shot.
0: They did. Uh, looking at the, uh, looking at the scoreboard right now. There's three games going on. Four four games technically, but the uh, Orioles are in a rain delay. But uh, looking at it, you got the Angels up on the Athletics, four to three in the bottom of the tenth. Which you know that that's a game. The, the only reason i is going to throw on that game is to watch Shohei Otani just.
1: be one of the best
0: baseball players of all times the aforementioned yankees mariners game we've been talking about and the padres are up nine to seven on the giants and uh, do you think that that's something that uh do you think that's something that they'll see a lot more of with uh that you know do you think the padres will be able to write the ship and still make it around They'll, they'll make the playoffs. I mean, they're in a good spot well, right now. Yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. When you have that roster, you expect them to make the playoffs. And if they don't, that'd be
1: even more of a disappointment. Do you think they're actually going to do anything? Because I don't think they will. I mean, look, Fernando Tatis is not far away from a return, right? He is inching closer. He's been playing baseball. He is in the, the minor leagues. He is not far away from coming back. And when he comes back, that adds another dimension to that team, right? You know, that's a... That's, a superstar right there, you know, they on a team full of them. Another superstar that, you know, just brings energy and, you know, confidence. And I think that, you know what, it's, it's crucial. I mean, when you look at the Padres right now, they're only a game ahead of the Brewers for that last. Half game. A half game ahead of the half Brewers game. for that last uh, wild card spot. I'm telling you, when we talk baseball, both wild-card races could come right down to the wire. It could get real exciting, especially the AL, because yeah, the AL the AL is a mess. You've got the Blue Jays, who are two games up right now. You've got the Mariners, who are one game up. And then you've got the Rays and the Orioles. I mean, how, the, the story of the Baltimore Orioles is just unreal. And then you've got the Guardians and the Twins on the same record right now. Um, Half game back, and then Bumble's you got the White Sox two game, game,
0: back. game back, and bo- the Boston Red Sox, despite completely falling apart in the last few weeks, they're still only four and a half games out of the wild card spot. Yeah. And this is where I am angry at the MLB for getting rid of the tiebreakers.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, going back to the Red Sox, I think it would be better if the Red Sox don't make the playoffs because they're, it's the same thing as the Yankees last year for me, where like the Yankees. Made the playoffs. They, you know, they they skirted in kind of by the skin of their teeth, and then you know they lost in Boston in the wild card round. Boston, if Boston does end up making the playoffs, it's not going to do them any good. They're not winning the pennant or the World Series, right? They they are a team with significant holes. They just lost Chris Sale for the year, um, broke his wrist in a bike accident. Uh, not not quite sure what happened there, but. Um, you know, there there are issues on that roster that need significant fixing. And making the playoffs would probably do them no good. But the, I think the race I'm honestly the most excited for is the AL Central. You've got three teams who are probably all uh, decent. None of them are really amazing, right? The Guardians obviously have been pretty good of late. They're so um, young, though.
0: That's the thing. They're, like, yeah, the average age of, like,
1: 25. It's good, yeah. When you, it, there's a lot to be excited about if you're a Guardians fan, especially, you know, they re-signed Jose Ramirez. You've got guys like Stephen Kwan coming up. You've got other good prospects in the system. And then you've got Minnesota and um, Chicago right there, right behind them. Uh, it, it's going to be a tight race to the finish between all three of those teams. Um, and the Guardians right now lead, I think I'm a tiebreaker of um, – guardians head-to-head over minnesota and again i i I do not
0: like the tiebreaker like in some situations yes uh is there really a need for a tiebreaker game Uh, or no even then like i i uh, there shouldn't be tiebreaker there should be still tiebreaker games for it i i'm not looking for it because last year that's what everyone was rooting for because remember the last
1: year yeah, the, the there AL were four card. teams. There was the mess in the AL Wild there Card. There were four
0: teams. You had the Blue Jays, the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Mariners. All four teams had a chance to make it into the Wild Card, and you had the chance. Uh, you had the chance that if the Yankees and the Red Sox lost, and the Blue Jays and the Mariners won, you had a four team. You had a four team playoff. For the last two wild card spots, that yes. would have been incredible. It would have been very. It cool. would have been incredible to do that, and I, I really wish that we had something like that. I really wish that that was something that would have happened. And now, obviously, it can't happen now. But I mean, I, I, that's something that you miss because without those tiebreakers, the Mariners are out of it. And I remember watching Game One Sixty One for the Mariners last year. I was probably a similar situation to you last night. You know, just you know, I'm just up at like one in the morning on a Saturday night, and I'm just flipping through, and I see, oh, hey, the Mariners are playing. I sit there, I watch. It was incredible. They walked off game 161, the stadium going absolutely nuts. That doesn't happen if you don't have these tiebreakers. breaks. when
1: you look at Seattle, right, that's a town that is just starving for baseball success. They haven't made the playoffs since that that unbelievable 2001 season where, you know, they they lost to the Yankees. That Yankees team was, was fueled you know, by, you know, everything that had happened with 9-11 and, you know, all of that. And it was just, you know, a tough end to one of the best baseball seasons of all time. Um, but, you know, they haven't been back since. And this, you know, last year, you know, they they thought they came from kind of nowhere to try and make it back. And now, you know, they're there. They look good. You know, I've been watching the series. I watched the series in New York. They look good. You know, Castillo could be the missing piece that they need to, you know, make. I mean, they're in good position right now, but they're going to have to stay consistent. Um, they're probably not going to be able to catch the Astros, uh, barring a pretty, pretty historic Astro collapse. They probably won't win the West. But, you know, you'd probably peg them right now for one of the three wild wild-card spots, of course, with the expanded playoffs.
0: Yeah. One, one last thing before we take a break here, uh, talking about baseball is today the Detroit Tigers fired their general manager. Al Avila, he's been around since they made those World Serieses back in 2012. But uh, this year, they're two and eight in their last ten, and they're they're last in the AL Central. This is a this is a, a Tigers team that a lot of people in the beginning of the year thought they'd be in the spot that the Guardians would be in right now, uh, fighting for a championship with what they have. And yet they, it, it's it's not out there to say that the possibly soon-to-retire Miguel Cabrera is by far the best offensive talent they have on that roster. It is absolutely insane how bad the Detroit Tigers have been, and so it's a welcome sight for many Tigers fans, at least that I know, to have Al Avila go on. I think we're going to run out of time to talk about training camp. We'll try to talk a little bit about it, plus we'll try to answer our trivia question of the day actually we'll we'll have ethan uh take a stab at it right now ethan again the trivia question and if anybody wants to call in the number is seven four zero five nine two six six four six. who was the last cleveland brown
1: player to win an nfl nvp yeah see i mean i probably would have gone Kozar too like coach white um 'll I'll, I'll go I'll say Jim Brown because he's I know he did win one. He, he did he did win one, and I'm not gonna
0: lie when I looked up this question. I figured that was going to be him. It was going be it was going be Jim Brown, but no, in fact it's not Jim Brown. It is somebody else, and we'll see if anybody wants to call in for it. Uh, yeah, we're gonna run out of time to talk about the NFL training camp, but we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about a few other things. Here on the Sports Fan, presented by j and Contract. when we come back, our surefire hot picks here on WATH. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize
1: there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Ohio. This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio
0: Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. We need
1: Wednesday. Corn
2: dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 1030 a.m. until 10 o'clock p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse over on West Union Street in Athens. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldberry
0: Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker dealer and is independent of RJFS.
2: Each year, Ohioans are injured and killed in train car accidents that could have been avoided with properly functioning gates and
0: flashing lights show that gates and lights together prevent more train car accidents than stop signs or crossbucks alone. How can you help? Approach all crossings with caution and report bad railroad crossings at angelsontrack.org. That's angelsontrack.org. Because bad crossings kill good drivers. Sponsored by Angels on Track, aired by OAB and this station.
2: From concrete to roofing, to siding and windows, JK Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at JK
0: be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget the ex- Accept all major credit
2: cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call. JK Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Local teams, local
1: opinions,
2: the sports fan on 970 WATH. <laughs>
0: Sports fan presented by J&K Contracting here on WATH. We're with you for the next five minutes until the end of our show at seven o'clock. It'll take it into the CBS Evening News. But, uh, Ethan, uh, what's your surefire hot pick for tonight looking at the sports betting?
1: Yeah, so we're uh, we're, we're sticking with baseball. Unfortunately, no Austin FC. Uh, locks for tonight. Um, but last night, you know, some baseball fans might have seen that it might have been a little bit of a stunner to see the Colorado Rockies breeze past the uh, St. Louis Cardinals by a score of 16 to five. So I'm going to say that the bats cool down a little bit today. I'm going to go with the under in that game. The over under is a very high, 12 and a half. I, I, I think I think, so I'm going to take the under. I really think that's the bookies kind of sitting there and having a
0: knee-jerk reaction to last night's game. I think the most interesting thing about that game, though, Ethan, it was Miles Mikolas who got absolutely blasted. He had like ten hard runs in three innings.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, this is a Cardinals team that just swept the Yankees, and now they're losing. And that's the the thing with the Cardinals this season is just the consistency has not been there. Another team that's probably you know going to look to try and win the Central or be in that NL Wild Card dogfight. Uh you know, they, they've got a lot of things to work out. You know you can't doubt the star power with Arenado and Goldschmidt, but um, you know, they've got they've got problems that they gotta fix. For me, I, I this seems like a little bit
0: of a slam dunk pick in my opinion, but we're gonna go with uh Cleveland is playing Detroit, the Guardians and the Tigers, and obviously we talked about a little bit about the Tigers upheaval a little bit. So we're gonna go Guardians. The Guardians they beat them by a lot, I believe, last night. They kind of dominated them last night. I think they do it again tonight. So go Guardians money line, and uh, hopefully your bets are well placed. Uh, now back to our uh, trivia question of the day. Ethan, you thought about, you thought about it anymore. You still have no clue?
1: Yeah, I got nothing.
0: All right. It, it's, it's not surprising. I didn't even know who this guy was before. If there was going to be anybody, I figured it would be Kozar, yet yeah, Kozar did not win it. It is Brian Sype. He was a quarterback for the 1980 Cleveland Browns that season. He had 4,132 passing yards, 30 passing touchdowns, and one rushing touchdown. We'll have a bonus question here, Ethan, if you think you might know this. We talked a little bit about this. Uh, the Browns lost in the divisional round that year to the Raiders, 14-12, to and for the Browns, especially in the 80s, every single time the Browns lost in a uh, playoff game, you had, you, it, they had a name for it. You have the drive, the drive 2.0, the fumble. There's one more one in this one, and that was what happened in that game. Do you know what the name of that uh, playoff loss is now,
1: I was going to say that the 2021 one could be the ref ball. 'Cause they did kind of get screwed. Or, or by the that. or the, the helmet. The or, helmet, the helmet. I, I'd also say anything is possible with Chad Henney <laughs> um having wow. that uh that crazy run. But no, I don't I don't, I don't know that, that that last one. I'm you're gonna have to inform me on this. Red Rifle eighty eight. Andy Dalton? No. No 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 no
0: no 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 tra- no, no no not red traveled. rifle. Red right eighty eight. My uh, bad. I was right eighty eight. It Bengals was a play. It was a play remember. and they tried to uh it was a play. It was like a crossing route in the back of the end zone and it got picked off. And mm. that was that was the end of that Browns season. And I, I don't know how Browns fans do it. My dad <laughs> my dad is a Browns fan. I, I I don't know how he dealt with all of those losses. There's the been hands. a lot
1: of well, I mean when you look at this modern era, there's been a lot of losses, a lot of pain, a lot of heartbreak. I he, see. He, did, he
0: didn't pay attention. I mean, he he could have cared less about Browns football up until 2020. Yeah. I'll tell you that. We're talking a little bit of Browns football because uh, Deshaun Watson is going to be starting for the Browns in their preseason game Friday.
1: Do you like that, Ethan? I mean, look, the guy hasn't played organized football in almost two years. Like, he has not played football since late 2020. So, I mean, to get you have to get him some sort of action regardless of what ends up happening with the uh, independent I- investigation. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that, and that will probably determine what the Browns' course of action is as the season draws ever closer.
0: Yeah. We, we shall see what happens. Tomorrow is the Reds are in the Field of Dreams Day. They're currently on an airplane on their way to Iowa. We'll have that coverage of that at 645 tomorrow. But... Up until then, from 6.06 till 6.45, we'll be here talking about the game here on WATH. The Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting, we'll talk to you tomorrow.